Alright, welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stack in here alongside my good friend and co-host of this fine podcast, Mr. Travis Krinz. Travis, how are we? A fine podcast it is. It is. It is a fine podcast indeed. Uh, plenty to get to here. Let's start with... Um, uh, do, do we want to start with the with the hot stove? Do we want to start with the college football playoff? Do we want to start with Kareem Hunt? Uh, where, where do we want to start this... Uh, college football playoff. All right, let's go. Well, the college football playoff has been set. Uh, number one, Alabama will take on number four, Oklahoma. Number two, Clemson will take on number three, Notre Dame. And there are a lot of people who are upset that Oklahoma got in ahead of Georgia. I believe the committee got it right. Um, I know we discussed this on the Google chat on, on Sunday. But uh, I thought that just based on the arguments that people were giving, giving that, oh, Oklahoma doesn't have a defense worthy of being a top-four team, I thought that was a very stupid defense um, because it seems that a lot of people are just forgetting that Georgia had a 20-point loss to LSU, and, oh, it, it doesn't matter as long as they play Alabama close. That's fine. Well, they gave up a four, they blew a 14-point lead to a backup quarterback who was the starter last year. But with all that being said, I I think the committee ultimately got it right. Well, yeah, everybody expected Oklahoma was going to get there. I would have been fine either way. Like I don't I don't even hold the loss against Alabama against them. I don't know how you could. I mean, nobody had nobody had played a competitive game against Alabama in a year. The last team to play a competitive game against them was Georgia a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Georgia's controlled, you know, both of their two games that they played against them. So, anyway, I want to do the LSU thing. That's fine. They lost to LSU. Good team. Um, I don't know if it's had a better loss than losing Texas, but then Oklahoma beat Texas, so that's good for them that they beat the team they've lost to. So, it is very close. Um, I, but I'm not holding the Alabama loss against them. Like, a lot of that would be, you know, you could say it's a positive more than a negative, but it's the LSU loss, I guess. And ultimately, at the end of the day here, if a win trumps a loss, does it not? I mean, it, it almost seems like if people were saying, because there were, there were a lot of people, you know, Kirk Herbstreit, I think it was Joey Galloway or Jesse Palmer. I mean, there were a lot of people who felt that Georgia should get in over Oklahoma. And it just is kind of funny to me that people are like it. I don't know how a a win doesn't leap over a loss, especially if you have only one loss on the year. You know, if you were, I'm not saying like oh eight and four Northwestern would jump everyone and get in, or you know the the three loss Texas squad if they beat Oklahoma that they would jump them. But a one loss team losing by three points to a ranked team at a neutral site, I would think their win over that, uh, I would think Oklahoma's team, a win over that uh, another ranked team in the conference championship game would would trump the, the, the loss by an SEC team, by a one-loss SEC team to the number one team in America, despite how close it was. Yeah, it did. Again, my big thing with the polls is you don't have to drop a team with a loss. I mean, you know, it was 
nobody thought it would be that close. Everybody thought Alabama would win by 10 or 14 points. And Georgia led the, the majority of the game. It was the, the game-winning score came with a minute left. Uh, it was a Hail Mary at the end of the game. Could have tied it. So, like, it's a complete toss-up that game. Like, I think the difference between you and me is I would have been completely fine with Georgia being in. Um, I don't know if that's right, but yeah. I, I I think Georgia's I, better. I think Georgia's better than Oklahoma. I think they're a better team. I think they would win if they, if they played. I think my issue is more the logic that people are throwing behind. You know, they say, "Oh, Oklahoma doesn't have a defense to be a top four worthy team," or. Uh, Georgia would give Alabama a better game. Yeah, you know what? That's fair. But you know what? Georgia maybe would have that chance if they had beaten LSU. Or maybe if they had just beaten Alabama, they'd be in and they'd get another shot at them. So, you know, like at the end of the day, you got to win. You got to win the game. So I think it's, it, to me, it's more of the the logic that people were throwing around as to why Georgia deserved to get in over Oklahoma. But I think at the end of the day here, what this goes, what this comes down to, is that we need an 18 playoff because it is razor thin. However, I did. I was talking with people at work on Monday, and someone brought up an interesting point. How about a play-in game for the fourth, uh, for the fourth spot? You know, if it's if it's this close, like have uh, Oklahoma and Georgia play this next Saturday, and the winner of that gets the four seed. That's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting scenario to me. Yeah, that'd be fine with me to do that. If it's an eighteen playoff, I think if that were to happen, conference champs would be automatically in, and I don't like that because just conference titles don't mean much to me. If Utah won the Pac twelve, I don't give a shit about Utah. <laughs> if Northwestern, if Northwestern could have beat Ohio State. Saturday, Northwestern's the Big Ten champ. Nobody would think Northwestern's the best team in that conference. We know it's Ohio State, despite them beating Ohio State. I mean, everybody's going to say, oh, yeah, Northwestern, that's the best team in that conference. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, they've been on a hell of a run. They've lost, like, two conference games in, like, the last two years total. So, like, that's an amazing run here. But... Put, put in the eight best teams. The FCS has this figured out. The FCS playoffs probably go a bit too far. There's just too many teams in there. I mean, we're, when we're scraping the bottom of the barrel to get six and five teams in this thing, mm-hmm. and, that's an issue, and that's an issue. Yep. I don't want that. But because they can just tighten up that playoff a little bit and put in, you know, there's 16 teams, that's 24. I think that'd be a lot better. And, uh, I mean, you look at, I mean, SDSU's a, a five seed. That could have been a, maybe a four seed, but they're in the same conference. A lot of people have, you know, I mean, all it's all it's the same conference. Uh, what, Indiana's old coach, like Jerry DiNardo on the Big Ten Network, I think that's who it is. Mm-hmm. He was all complaining last night about uh, about an SEC bias and all this stuff and how Purdue, you know, I mean, I like Purdue. They were six and six, could have been nine and three. Like the, they were saying, like, oh, the Purdue loss, that's similar to the LSU loss that Georgia had. Like, no, it's not. That's not even close. No. <laughs> so, that was just for him. I thought it was just a biased opinion for him. Right. I'd be okay with the, with the four versus five. Has he Somebody, see, I mean, did he see how Ohio State looked against 
Maryland. I mean, they should have lost that game. If if Maryland's quarterback could complete that two point conversion, then Ohio State's out of it for sure. Uh, did they? Did he see how they've looked against uh, like even Minnesota? Minnesota gave him game. They barely beat Nebraska. Charlie's Huskers. I mean, this it's not like Ohio State was. Yeah, I I didn't think you know if if when it came down to oh Ohio State Oklahoma or hey, well, Georgia it wasn't even in the discussion. Yeah, they weren't even yeah. being discussed. Yep. No, and and I it was to me it was all down. And I know Ohio State only had the one loss, but to me it always came down to it, it came down to between Georgia and Oklahoma. I mean, yeah, it's tough because Oklahoma beat the team they lost to. And they got the best offense in the country, and they have one loss, and they won their conference. But Georgia, I think, is better. And again, they played Alabama closer than anybody's played them in, in, in years. So that was good to see. Would, would your opinion have changed if Oklahoma would have beaten Iowa State? Instead of Texas, let's say they beat Iowa State. Yeah, you know what? I think it could have mattered or not? I, I think it, it would have mattered a little bit to me. Um, and right or wrong, uh, you, could, you could say I'm wrong in this, I think it's in part how Georgia lost. That really gets me. I mean, yes, they had a 14-point lead like, on yeah, Alabama. Well, it was, but you know, it wasn't the Falcons in the Super Bowl. But no, it, no, it wasn't. But you had a Jalen Hurts came in, and he's all right. And J- yes, Jalen Hurts was the starter last year for Alabama. So this is not your ordinary backup. But this is, for all intents and purposes, if whenever Georgia's in the SEC championship game, it's a home game. It's a de facto home game for him because their campus is 50 miles away. So I mean, they ha- clearly had the crowd support there, and that not that that matters a lot. I j- but to me, I think it's just how Georgia lost it because because El- Alabama put twenty one in a row up on them, and uh, you know between the terrible uh, decision to to try and run a fake on that punt on fourth and eleven, and just seeing Jalen Hurts just tear up the Georgia defense, and then Georgia's offense not really do anything with the ball. I mean, after Tua threw his second interception, that's when I thought Georgia could have gotten the kill shot. But they go three and out, and then Alabama marches down and scores. It's like, okay, I mean, this is like same old, this is like deja vu all over again from the national championship last year, except it's just with a different quarterback. Uh, Georgia had chances in this one. So yeah, Back to the whole point here. I think it might have factored in, yes, if Oklahoma beats Iowa State. Um, but I am also looking at the the loss. And I think that the loss, it's a better loss losing by three on a last-second field goal than it is losing by 20 on the road. And Oklahoma had some close games. They beat Oklahoma State by one. Yep. Oklahoma State was a six and six team. Uh, they they beat Texas Tech by five. That I mean that would have been a killer. Yep. I mean, uh, let's say their one loss would be at the Texas Tech. Then does that change it? Yes. Yes. And is that the difference between Georgia yeah. and Oklahoma? I I think so. I th- well, okay. Let me ask you this: How bad do they lose to Texas Tech? Back by a field goal. By a field goal. Last second play, yeah. I'll say this: I, I, I think that would have. I would not have as. Would have been close. 
I would not have as uh, I would not have a biggest problem with Georgia getting in over Oklahoma if that was the one loss. Yep. So I, that may have been worse than the Purdue loss. I mean, Purdue put it to Ohio State pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think Purdue's probably a little better than Texas Tech. But I mean, Oklahoma played a lot of close games this year, and they won them all. Yep. Except Texas. So yeah, they're good. Yep. Um. I, I do think it would be interesting if you did go up to eight teams to have all of the conference winners automatically in, plus the um, plus the the best of the the non power five, and then have two wild cards. That that's one way I think it could because then it puts it puts extra emphasis on the championship games. And it does. I, I yeah. know you don't like it because then it wouldn't get the the true the the truly the best eight teams or at least potentially it wouldn't get there, um, which is why I, I mean for sure if you were to bump it to sixteen teams then all conference winners would get in right. Yeah, that's the thing that I've just done every year just to see what it would look like because in every other sport without exception unless you can come up with an example if you win your division. If you win the group of teams you play against every year, you get into the playoffs. Yep. Whatever your whatever your playoffs are, whatever your sport is, if you're the best team in your conference, you qualify for the tournament that decides the, the champion of the whole league. Yep. And the uh, Division One college football does not do that. Because if you know if you're in the Sun Belt or the you know the American Conference, you're never going to play for a national title. As good as Boise's been. They're, they're never going to play for a national title. And UCF hasn't lost in nearly three years now. And they're getting close. If they can put together another undefeated season, I'm sure it won't hurt. But, again, even if they still wouldn't have gotten in, and again, we went through the scenarios many times this year, and I had said, and we kind of agreed, that everybody would have to have two losses for UCF to get in. And or UCF would have to play someone really good. I mean, they and to be fair, UCF is trying to schedule teams. I mean, not not that this was really a big deal, but I mean, they had Pitt and UNC this year. The UNC game, I believe, got canceled due to a hurricane. But I mean, so they are trying to schedule these teams. Yeah, nobody would want to play them. No, no, and that and that's that's what sucks for UCF and and and, the, and teams like them. If you can, I guess, for them, if you can just play, like, have three non-conference games against, like, you know, Boise State and just do it get really good teams, just like like a Middle Tennessee or UAB or whatever team you think is going to be good, if you could do that. Yeah. Instead of playing, like, one great game or just trying to get any game, just play a bunch of teams that you think are going to be, you know, kind of ranked in the top 30 or 40. Do that and see what happens. But even if, even if, uh, Texas would have won, and Northwestern would have won. Georgia, Georgia would have been in the title game, but in the playoffs, it wouldn't have been Central Florida. So. Yep. Yeah. It, it, I think at the at the end of the day, is this what the college football playoff has been around for? What four? Is this year four or year five? Year five. Year five. Is this the best example of a of why we need to expand to eight teams? No, really the only problem, I think the only year I've ever had a problem with who got in was the year Baylor, or didn't Baylor get in over TCU? Baylor never got in, no. 
It was Baylor and TCU or something. TCU, I thought, should have gotten in. Baylor beat them like 64-61, and Baylor was ranked ahead of them, but Baylor's never made the playoffs. Right. Was something with TCU, I thought TCU, oh, it was TCU-Ohio State. That's your Ohio State one as a four seed. I thought I think I thought TCU should have been in instead of Ohio State. Was that so two, I, years, was that two years ago when Clemson pantsed him? No, that was the year Ohio State won the whole thing. Oh, okay. Well, first or second year of the, of the deal. They got the four seed. They beat Alabama pretty good. Yep, Cardale Jones, I remember. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, and then they beat Oregon. Yep. National title game. Yes. 18 playoff, if it is, just put the top eight teams in. And this year would have been easy. Uh, Michigan, Central Florida, your last two teams in some combination. Then after that, we're talking about like Florida and three lost teams. And then after that, there's not much of an argument. Um, what was it? 2011, we had UCLA at six and six in the uh, Pac-12 title game. We, we just can't have that. Right. There. So, um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then, yeah, just, uh, 18 playoffs. Just put the top eight in. Just make it easy. I think, oh, God, what the hell? Oh, I, there has been some chatter as well that maybe Notre Dame didn't deserve to be in. Um, yeah, I'd be okay with that. You know, and and I don't, is it a, is it a result that of their, you know, they don't have a championship game because they're independent and they can decide their schedule? I think that's in large part. I think when we looked at the schedule initially at the beginning of the year, you're like, okay, like, Nordic, that's a difficult schedule, of course. I mean, you have to go to USC. You have Stanford coming to your building. Michigan, of course, is a big game uh, at Virginia Tech. And the way their schedule played out, it wasn't nearly as hard as what we thought it would because all those teams had very average to sub-average years. The only good one would have been Michigan, and they got housed by Ohio State. So, I mean, that I don't know if that negates it. A whole lot. They remember Brandon Wimbush started at that game for quarter at, at quarterback for Notre Dame and not Ian Book. So I mean, clearly the the Michigan game is their best win. I I I am f- absolutely fine that Notre Dame's in, but I think it it is kind of curious that it, you look at it and say, okay, they are undefeated, yes, but look at who they beat, and it's not as impressive as it looked initially. And they weren't all that. They were impressive at points. I mean, they struggled with USC. All of these teams kind of struggled with teams. Yep. Georgia really didn't. So Georgia really didn't struggle with any team. They blew everybody out that they should have. So that's good for Georgia. Except for the one that could have that probably mattered the most, and that was LSU. Yeah, the two they 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 lost two games, and other than that, they beat everybody by a good margin. I think Georgia would beat Notre Dame by two or three touchdowns, I think. Yep. Notre Dame hasn't killed teams. Except Wake Forest, I think they beat them like 63-3 to or something like that. No, maybe yeah. that was Clemson. That was Clemson, I think. Uh, but Notre Dame beat, beat up on Wake Forest pretty good. I think, if we're talking about who I think would win games, I, think I would put probably Notre Dame at like six, maybe. You gotta have the other five teams, Ohio State ahead of them. I think Notre Dame. I think you know, I'd, I'd love to see Central Florida mm-hmm. without quarterback playing Notre Dame. So as far as 
So I think I think Notre Dame could be like number six as far as who I think if they could beat teams. So I mean, what Clemson Notre Dame played? What was it last year? It was a very good game. Yep. Came down to like the last play, and uh, I think Notre Dame did not win. Was that in the? Was that the hurricane game? Was it? Wasn't it really rainy or something in that one? I don't know. I just remember it was close. It might be. I don't know. Clemson should win by pretty good margin. I think Oklahoma's got a real chance against Alabama. I do too, uh, in large part because their offense. And you give Lincoln Riley what a, a full month, practically to to come up with a way to attack that Alabama defense. Now Alabama's going to score a bunch of points against Oklahoma, and maybe what they're going to do is play ball control, kind of like what Army did against Oklahoma. Can't discount that, but I don't. It's not a shoe. It's not a shoe in that Alabama trounces Oklahoma like everyone's saying that. Oh yeah, Georgia would give Alabama a better game. Well, you're right, they would. But that doesn't make them one of the four best teams. As I as I tweeted out on Sunday, and I was being sarcastic if people weren't figuring it out. You can't have it just be oh Alabama and who's gonna give them a game? Clemson, Georgia, and then the 49ers, the Cardinals, or the Raiders. I'm not gonna. You you just can't entertain that notion of like putting those teams in because of how good of a game they're going to give Alabama. You have to go by the four best teams. I'm more on board with that argument of they, I mean, they played the best team. They played them close. If they, I mean, that punt call, you got to punt the ball. There's yeah. three minutes left. You're tied. If you get it, there's no guarantee you're going to score. If if this is a situation where you're at like the forty yard line, then sure. But you're another ten yards behind that. Even if you get it, you're not guaranteed to score. Uh, the Bears should have gone for two against the Giants. They didn't, and they lost. Um, just you, you got to know when to go for it. You got to know when not to. I mean, three minutes left, not a bunch of time. It still took them two minutes to score the touchdown. They only needed a field goal, but. That was just a dumb decision. That was a very bad decision. So the uh, the bowl season begins here. You can join us in our uh, college bowl pick'em, uh, the bowl mania, uh, the confidence points, and everything like that. Uh, join the sports lounge today. Uh, it's going to be a lot of it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm out for redemption this year because last year sucked royally. But I uh, was distracted with other things, mainly, uh, I don't know, uh, Noah, I am a child being born, I don't know, maybe... Excuses, the, uh, <laughs> excuses, come on, come on. Uh, the, these bowl games, you look through them... <laughs> bowl games suck. Uh, much like the season, much like the season sucks, the bowl games suck. You know... I would not call this a good year. I, I, not, I, sorry. I, I loved Georgia-Alabama, I thought that was a great game... I loved West Virginia, Oklahoma. There were a couple other games in there, but other than that, there wasn't much this year for things I'm going to remember. Uh, you know, I feel bad for the Wyomings, the Louisiana Monroes, the Liberty, and the Southern Misses, who are not... Miami. And what? Oh, Miami, Miami Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Yep. They're all missing out on bowl games because more Earth. teams... Filled up, you know, that we're six and six or better than uh, we have bowl games for. And I, as I mentioned last week, something's got to be done about that. Uh, 
Either you create more bowl games or you have to increase bowl eligibility. Maybe this is just an off year. But um, at, at the bowl eligible, you, you, uh, to be required to go to a bowl game, you have to be required to go at least 6-6. Six and six. And that's what these teams did. Southern missed 6-5, and five, but that's because of a, you know, a hurricane and stuff. So um, something I think needs to be done to, to change the system. But um, I've harped on that time and time again. I mean, Texas and Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, that's going to be a great game. I think Georgia wipes the floor with them. Uh, as always, it's interesting to see what teams are, you know, have head coaching changes and what that does for their level of intrigue or interest. Uh, Appalachian State's head coach has just uh, gone, is, is going to Louisville. So, you know, how is Appalachian State going to play against Middle Tennessee? I don't know. I mean, that's in the New Orleans Bowl. That's right away here. Uh, well, I mean, uh, what else we got here in terms of coaches? That, uh, Utah State's coach, he's left for Texas Tech. Uh, North Texas's coach might also be leaving. So, I mean, you have a number of teams here that have different, well, have new head coaches, and I wonder how that's going to factor in uh, to the teams and how well they play. Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows, and you've got some teams have got three weeks off, four weeks off between games, so that's tough to figure out who really cares and who doesn't, and who, who wants to play and who doesn't, and who's maybe going to sit out. So, I mean, these really, really are exhibition games. Yep. Like, you look at, you look at the conferences and you try to, you know, what, like, uh, Pac-12 last year was just garbage, which is kind of in line with what they've been for the past couple of years, just a garbage conference. So, we'll see what the Pac-12 does. What, uh, Washington, I mean, I think they're going to lose to Ohio State. And yeah. I, just, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the Pac-12, they're like not even worth discussing almost. They, so bad the, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl is Florida versus Michigan. Is it the first one to 17 wins? Well, that, I mean, is that even too high? I mean, this is going to be a defensive struggle. Yeah. It's going to be a goddamn struggle is what it's going to be, yeah. Baylor? Say, oh, sorry. I mean, you look at every conference, except the ACC this year, and there's, even late in the year, there were two teams going up for the playoffs. Michigan-Ohio State, both playoff-worthy teams. Uh, you know, West Virginia-Oklahoma. Playoff implications there. Alabama, Georgia, of course. Then you look at the Pac 12, and they were eliminated, you know, with Washington State losing a couple weeks ago. And um, most of these conferences have two teams that are in the mix, and they can't even get one for crazy. Yeah. Uh, Cal TCU, that's a, uh, an abomination of a game there. Not looking forward to that one. Baylor Vanderbilt. I mean, we love our Commodores, but uh, I mean, this game. Oi, oi, vey. That's a this is a bad one. Um, yeah, there's very few games that you're like, oh, this is gonna be great. But we're gonna watch because it's bowl season. We're gonna look at the do the confidence points in sports lounge. Uh, so uh, there's we'll, we'll watch. We'll pay attention. But um, and and bowl season is never not going to uh, surprise us with some game. So there's going to be, you know, we'll talk maybe about Georgia Southern Eastern Michigan being one hell of a game. Uh, what, what, what one's that? Uh, let's see. I think, 
I think the Alamo Bowl picked Iowa State over West Virginia because they both finished tied for third in the Big 12. And I, I thought Washington State West Virginia would have been the best bowl game. Yes. So if that would have been the match. But instead it's Washington State, Iowa State. And West Virginia's playing somebody else. Syracuse. Yeah. Which would say to be all right, but it's not uh, Leach and Olgerson, I know that much. The, the, the Q's. The Q's. I'm not taking the Q's. So there we go. We'll be talking more college bowl game. Of course, college football playoff as it goes here. Uh, one game next week, Army-Notre Dame. So uh, go Army, beat Navy. Uh, Army-Navy. Isn't that what I say? Did I say Army-Notre Dame? Yes, you did. Oh, whoa, whoops. Army-Navy. Go Army, beat Navy. Um, good to see Army back in a bowl game. And Navy not. Navy fell off the train tracks this year. So, interesting there. The, the, um, the betting favorite for the Heisman has changed. Tyler Murray is now the favorite. Really? Uh, they. I don't know. I don't know. It shouldn't be. I mean, Tua. I mean, this game he had a couple interceptions, didn't play well. He's got a bad ankle. I don't know how. How you cannot give it to him? And Murray's had a great year. So with what Tua's done, with how efficient he's been, I. I, I don't know what if it's just because of what happened here last week, but I think he should win. Yeah, I mean, Will Greer's got to be up there as well. I mean, we're recording this year. They have not announced the the finalist yet, but I would... Dwayne Haskins should go. Dwayne, I think it'll be three quarterbacks. That's really all you need to invite. You don't need to invite anybody else. Could you invite four? Could Will Greer get invited? Will he? I doubt it. I don't well, know. Can he, though? Can he, can he be invited? Yeah. You can be, yeah. It's up to them, I guess. I don't if, if nothing more, I mean, then you just, need, a Taylor. you just need three quarterbacks. Yeah. You need three quarterbacks. That's all you need. Yep. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Jackrabbits destroyed Duquesne in front of 3,000 people. Oh, and 42. Excuse me. 3,042. Um, yeah, they must have been counting double. Because that's, uh, yeah, there weren't 3,000 people there. Uh, maybe. It's weird how they're... I mean, it was a snowstorm, so I, I don't know if that hurt a few people that would have come up from Sioux Falls, but... Uh, and then you could have gotten 3,500 if it wasn't for snow. And it wasn't, yeah. Well... A football fan base, yes. No, no, no need to worry about uh, going back again. Barring the, the, the Colgate toothpaste uh, beating North Dakota State... Um, I don't see that happening. Uh, Jack Rabbits will be on the road for the remainder of the FCS playoffs. They travel to. Next week? What's that? You gonna go to the game next week? Um. Uh. If it's most likely during Noah's birthday party, so I I don't think I'll be able to. You can take Noah to the ball birthday party for the kid. Oh yeah, we take him to take take him to the Fargo Dome. Watch his dad. Get... Is, it, is it that Saturday or when? Because it was born one on a. He was born was it Saturday morning. He was born on a Saturday, so the the birthday party is the fifteenth. His birthday is the sixteenth. So, just to make it. So it's Sunday, his birthday is actual birthday Sunday. Yes, yes. So he can okay. watch the Vikings beat the Dolphins. Yeah, that's great. Great so, matchup. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, I mean, Kennesaw State was the one kind of unknown in the FCS playoffs. They're kind of a mystery team. No one knows who the hell they are. They beat Wofford 13-10. Um, SDSU is going to pants Kennesaw State. 
they're just going to annihilate him. Yeah. Weather sources say it's going to be mid-40s, and mid-40s, we'll say. I think Kansas State's had football for four years, so the quarterback may have gotten hurt, we'll see, but yeah, this should not be a difficult test. I don't know why. How that, oh, they're a four seed? How's that? Yeah. How is that? Well, it's like... Well, it again, this goes to, back to the whole, like, oh, why is Sam Houston State a three-seed or a two-seed, you know? I mean, it's just ridiculous notion. It really is. Terrible. But, anyway, we we digress. Uh, what what next? The, the hot stove or Kareem Hunt? It's so goddamn hot in here. Hot stove. Hot stove, okay. Uh, big trade, big trade. The Mets and the Mariners have uh, dealt. Uh, the Mariners have dealt Robinson Cano and their closer. Uh, Was it Diaz to the Edwin, Mets? Yeah, for, uh, for a for a few prospects. The Mariners are also trading uh, Segura the, to the Phillies. Uh, so. I don't know. I don't get why the Mariners are making wholesale changes here. I mean, they almost made the playoffs last year, so this is another uh, rebuild or like a a, a a rebuild. It would be the only way I think to actively describe it here. But um, yeah, Gene Segura, the their infielder there. I don't understand it, but for the let's just I want to ask about the Mets because we every year they're bound to get injured and they're bound to disappoint. But I do like the additions of Cano and Diaz if they could stay healthy because I do think with Washington not likely not getting Bryce Harper um, Philadelphia will land someone big either Harper or Machado most likely and then of course you have the Braves our Braves are doing very well um, young team and uh, you know Acuna Jr. and everyone like that and uh, the NL East though will have three teams. The Mets are going to buy for that, you know, that second or third spot with these guys, and assuming everyone can stay healthy, because they do have the NL Cy Young Award winner in Jacob Degrom. I think Washington will be just fine without Bryce Harper. Really? I think they'll still be. I think they're fine yeah, without him. Okay. They got enough guys. They got enough guys without him. They'll be fine. Braves are good, obviously. Like, I'm not trade. Like, this seems like a shit trade for both sides. Seattle's run differential is like minus 35. But I think the Twins had pretty much the same run differential as Seattle. And Seattle won about a dozen more games than the Twins. Mm-hmm. So people look at that and say, Seattle maybe got a little bit lucky. They were maybe won a few more games than they should have. I think they're what they're... That early on in the year, those first couple months, they won so many one-run games. That's what really helped them out. And they kind of came back to earth after that. If you're going to tear it down, then tear it down. They, the, the players are getting, they're getting some prospects, but they're all also getting Jay Bruce from the Mets. I got think that's 25 home runs. Uh, they're getting Carlos Santana, first baseman for the Phillies and Indians. Good hitter. You got like a three, good on base guy. So like these are not, these are like former all-star type players you're getting. They also get Anthony Swarzak, solid reliever. Mm-hmm. So, so what? Why either tear down or or don't? It's like you're tearing you're gonna, down one yeah. wall and saying, "Yeah, we're gonna we're tearing down the rest of this." Oh, but we're just gonna throw up some like uh, some plastic and call it good. 
I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to win like 75 games. I think they're going to be like the Twins, maybe. I mean, these are not bad players. They're getting back. Carlos Santana, Swarzak, Jay Bruce. Mm-hmm. These are guys that have been around for a while and are good guys. So, I mean, they are not tearing this down like other teams have. They're like, well, let's give us some good guys who have been all-stars in the past. And then if you're the Mets, you get Cano. You signed an outrageous contract. He's done fine thus far, but and good for the good for Seattle getting out of that contract. And now you're on the back end of thirty. This is the second five years of the deal. Still a boatload of money to pay. He can't DH because he's in the National League. He maybe be a first baseman. He's one suspension away from being suspended for a year. I thought for the Mets that was a lot to give up for a closer on a bad team. Bad teams don't need closers because they don't have leads to save. So unless you use your pitchers like you should, then sure. But it's, uh, I think both sides, I don't, I, I can't understand it from either side. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I, that's why I, I, I go to you for this here, but we, I know I just, we had to keep the hot stove burning uh, a lot for this, um, you know, could it be that for the Mariners, they've recognized that they can't get to where they need to go with Cano, and so they're they're just trying to change and shake some things up in hopes that a, a couple of different pieces will bring about some new change for them? I mean, they haven't made the playoffs. They have the longest active playoff drought in all of sports. So, I mean... It, if you want to trade Cano, that's fine. I can understand that, but keep Diaz, a great closer. Keep Gene Segura, a good shortstop. Uh, well, they traded somebody else, too. They traded James Paxton to the Yankees, your mm-hmm. best pitcher. You want to get rid of Cano? I'm, I'm on board with that. You don't get rid of your fucking all-stars. <laughs> no, they just traded for Gene Segura, what? A year or two ago from Arizona? What the fuck was that about? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know at all. I really wanted them to make the playoffs, but I'm done with Seattle. You know, I really wanted Buffalo to make the playoffs, and they did. Then they pulled what they did in the offseason. I'm like, fuck you, Seattle. Fuck you, Buffalo. <laughs> Remind me not to not put for either of these two teams again. I will I will do my best. I, I will do my best. Um, we've always said that in the past about, like, picking Georgetown or Villanova in March Madness, uh, but we've changed our tune with Villanova. Here, um, but I will I will actively remind you not to to root for Seattle or Buffalo. Uh, speaking of the NFL, some uh, just I don't news. I would say expected news. I yeah, it's because yeah, it's I I just don't understand it. Um, I don't understand what the NFL is doing here. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Chiefs running back, former Kansas City Chiefs running back, uh, was in an altercation at a Cleveland hotel in February, and uh, video surfaced. He didn't get suspended. The, the The Chiefs talked to him about it, and uh, you know it was just kind of an incident, kind of swept under the rug. Well, TMZ said, "To hell with this rug. We're gonna tear it up and let's let's get that dirt that's under there. Let's sweep it up." And they get they get video and the video is released on Friday and it shows Kareem Hunt pushing the, a lady and then kicking her uh, later in the video. 
And so the Chiefs sent him home and promptly released him Friday night. And they said they... <laughs> They said they they released him for lying to the team, um, but this is an organization. Well, what they say was they would fire him because he punched a woman or didn't punch a woman, but uh, threw down a woman, shoved him. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Uh, it, what does it take to have a hard line? Don't hit women. If you do, you're out of here. Yeah, why it, is this such? So why is this so difficult? Why is this? Not taken seriously. Jesus Christ, I, I, this is not. I, I don't know. I don't know, Crins. I I really want to know because this is the same organization that has Tyreek Hill, who was found guilty of the domestic violence against his then what pregnant girlfriend, and they've worked through that. They're, they're supposed they're engaged, uh, according to Hill, and you know that they're gonna have a wedding. So that yay for them. Glad they could get through that. But at the end of the day, you got you drafted a guy. Who had red flags regarding, I mean, domestic violence? I can only imagine that if video surfaced of this incident, that he would be gone. So for the organization to say, hey, we're taking this hard stance, like, I applaud you for releasing Kareem Hunt because he's a fantastic young running back. But to say it's because he lied about the investigation, it's not because of the Domestic Violence Act involved in me. And I'm, I'm sure it is in part, but they said, you lied to us and we're releasing you now. And I just... They didn't even go after it, but then this goes to the whole NFL. Like, the NFL didn't seek the video. They didn't, like, actively or, you know, vigorously pursued, like, interviewing. They didn't interview. They didn't interview him. Yeah. How do you not interview the guy who was and in question? Have they not learned anything from the Ray Rice situation no. four years ago? Uh, videotape does not. not lie. People get outraged over videotape. We shouldn't have to get outraged over videotape. We should get outraged over every freaking story that comes out about an athlete committing domestic violence issues. And it's... I just don't understand it. I don't understand it in the least. Well, that's... Yeah, I don't understand it either. <laughs> it's, um... Because nothing has happened. No, we talked about Kaepernick and this shit, and they think that makes a difference. And then we talked about all this other stuff, beating the women and the drugs and, and the child beaters and all that stuff, and... None of it has made a difference. There's no... What? There's no penalty for them to... There's been no, there's no backlash. We talked about it and say the Chiefs should have done this and the NFL should have done that, but nobody quits watching and nobody stops rooting for the Chiefs. Michelle Beadle, I think, doesn't watch anymore, so good for her. Yep. I, I, I like that. She took a stand a few months ago. And, and, and that's in large part why she is no longer on Get Up and instead good. is just doing NBA coverage because she's like, I don't have any, like, I'm, I'm done with the there's NFL no with this. Yeah. And my interest is waning, and I've caught some games here lately. It was the first couple of weeks I didn't watch much, and now I'll have it on every once in a while so I can see what's going on. But yeah, it's like there's like no reason to watch. Like the Chiefs are having a great year, and then they pull this off, and they're great to watch and root for, but then they do this, and it's like, Jesus Christ. You just assume that all of them are trash and just go from there. You, you, just, you just assume... Every organization is garbage. They're just a bunch of bad people from the top, from the owners down. They don't care about this. Like I said, if you're a woman, why would you be an NFL fan? I, but they don't care about this. It's, I, it is disgusting, and it, it's 
it's just going to continue. We're yep. gonna, again, it's like the, it's like we talk about the shootings all the time. It'll be something else. Some other player will get in an altercation. He'll get drunk. He'll punch a woman or fight his wife. Yep. This will happen. And what will happen? Nothing. As long as there's no video of it, nothing. If the NFL wanted this video, they could have gotten it. Yep. They didn't it, want it that bad. This, this does, though... I mean, the one thing I will say for the NFL, and I'm not trying to defend them at all because they could have acted, they could have pursued this a lot more. But there were no charges filed in this, and you see the video that is released of this woman crying to the police, the Cleveland police, who I think whoever you know, the, these officers that responded to that uh, that that call, they didn't even actively seek the footage themselves. They should be reprimanded. If we want some action against some people, or you know, for their lack of action, go after these guys. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. Here, you have a woman who's crying. Say, like, explain what's going on, and they're just like, oh, misdemeanor. Like, what the hell? And then you know what I thought? Michael David Smith on uh, Pro Football Talk he raised this up uh, a couple of times. I mean, you wonder why, you know, women who suffered through domestic violence, some of them are so reluctant to go to the police. Well, this is a, this a, a clear example. Are you telling me that the, that the legal system and that the law enforcement may not be on the up and up? No. Well, you know what? This does not speak to the broader... I, this, these are a few bad apples. And these few bad apples or these few bad instances put a bad taste for the greater good that's going on. That's what sucks in all of this. Because the lack of, are, the lack of trust that you can have with some of these people and these and these actions of a few rogue individuals damages the reputation for everyone else. And that goes for the NFL too with these guys like Kareem Hunt and Reuben Foster and Greg Hardy. I mean, these examples taint the the or tarnish all of the good the good players the good acts the good deeds that they do the good play in this league because you have just some terrible people that's that's what sucks with the bad apples with police and stuff there are certain occupations and jobs and roles in life where you cannot have bad apples and Police would be one of those where you cannot you cannot have that. If you do, you got to get rid of them. You get yeah. somebody else in there who is good. You I just, cannot be a bad apple I, if you're a police car. And if you are, you got to go. Yeah, I just I don't understand how it it could even get to this to this point. But the chief released here's, here's my analogy. Here's my analogy. Let's say you're a kid, you're a teenager in high school. You're not supposed to be going out, but let's say you go out every weekend you sneak out the window and your parents say don't do that uh you continue to do it uh they catch you they say where were you said i snuck out i said don't do that again you do it again and there's no punishment they say oh where were you oh i I was i was out again you weren't supposed to be well i was what are you gonna do about it oh don't do that again and it's just a continuous cycle there's, there's no, the Chiefs aren't going to get fined a draft pick or you're not going to get fined anything. Um, they should. I mean, the NFL, they can't get fined. Their investigation yep. was a sham. So there, there's, there's what no... What investigation? 
yeah, if, if you if you're driving on the interstate, it's 80 miles an hour on the interstate. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say you go 90, 95 all the time. And let's say you get pulled over by the cops every couple of weeks because you're going 95. You should go be going 80. And they say, don't go that fast. They don't give you a ticket. They don't give you a fine. They just say, don't do that. Okay. Are you going to do it again? Yes. You're going to do it again because there's no penalty. Mm-hmm. If they give you a ticket and you got to pay $150 because you were 15 miles and over, over the limit. Like, yeah, maybe next time I keep it around 80, 85 instead of 95. There's no penalty for this. Kareem Hunt lost his job because TMZ found the video. If they don't find the video, he's still playing. And TMZ is always at the forefront of this. I mean, it, it seems like they're the ones who always find a way. And yes, they paid for the video, but that's uh, still, that's... The NFL should have paid also for the said video. Yeah. They make, what, $10 billion yeah. a year for Christ's sake? Hey, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars or if it took the goddamn video. It's yeah. disgusting. TMZ is much better. Honestly, they should hire TMZ to investigate the players. <laughs> they've shown, that would be they've great. Shown time and time, they had the Ray Rice video. They had this video. They sure as hell done a lot better job than the NFL have. I do think that if there hadn't been so much backlash and if it hadn't been handled so poorly by Washington last week with their pickup of Reuben Foster, I do think a team would have claimed Kareem Hunt on Monday. Uh, but no one did, and that's a good thing. Um, and maybe it's, I think he'll play football next year. I, he, this was not the worst thing I've ever seen. He pushed her. Uh, he pushed another guy into her at the end, which seemed like the most violent blow. But this, this, I mean, Ray Rice thing was pretty disturbing. That was a straight right hook to the face. Yes. This was a push. I mean, this was not, I don't believe she was punched. Um, she was shoved once, maybe touched another time, and, and some other guy and got rammed into her. Uh, he kicked violent. her. He kicked her. Yeah. So, I mean, this, and again, there were no charges. For me, there don't have to be charges. You don't have to be convicted. You don't have to be charged with anything for me to say this is unacceptable. If you do this, you'll be fired. Yep. Nope, I agree. And just to go back to the whole point, if people are like, "Why well, these guys are anti-cop or anything?" No, we just I all I'm no, saying is we're anti-corruption. Yeah. Just do a good job. Yes. Do a good job. If you if you don't do a good job, then we're gonna talk about it. Do yes. better. Yes. Yeah. That's a that's all we're all we're saying. When you when there's a lady crying about the fact that she just got assaulted. And you aren't doing a damn thing about it. Like, what? What are we doing here? I don't. I don't get it. But that's that's neither here nor there. We'll see what happens with the situation. Um, yeah, uh, Chiefs won against Oakland, forty to thirty-three, on Sunday. There's that other big NFL news. Uh, Mike McCarthy is no longer the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. He got fired hours after. The, the stunner of the day on Sunday, the, the Green Bay Packers losing 20-17 to to the Arizona Cardinals. A Cardinals team that had only defeated the 49ers this year. Swept them. A Cardinals team that had folded in the tents against the, the Los Angeles Chargers last week, losing 45-10. to it was It's not like it was a nice sunny day in Green Bay. It was cold. It was snowing. And the Arizona Cardinals punched Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the mouth and while Mike McCarthy gets the 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 fair share of the blame and rightfully so a lot of blame's got to go on Aaron Rodgers and the players for that 
awful performance because it's like they. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying a mutiny. I'm not. So don't say, "Oh, Stackett said this." Don't. I'm not putting words in your mouth. But it does lead me to wonder: just was the effort there? Were they tr- truly trying to put forth an effort? Because I know Chandler Jones is really good, but that aside, the Packers are a much better team than the Cardinals. I'd say they're better. They didn't play very well against the Vikings last week. I mean, you you just look at these players. Who the fuck are... Who are these guys? These receivers. Who the fuck are these guys? Aaron Jones, this running back. Aaron Jones. Who's come on. Yeah, get Green Bay to the Haven for random dude that turns into be good running back. Devontae Adams, we know who he is. He's pretty good. Jimmy Graham has a broken thumb. He's still playing. Randall Cobb, he played, but he's fucking a skeleton. Uh, it's Marquez Valdez Scantling needs five more names. Like, who are these guys? A lot of them are rookies. I mean, they, they. I think the Packers have 11 or 12 rookies on their on their team. Yeah. So, like, they could be good in a, in a few years, but you, you kind of expect these these growth pains to happen with the team. And then, you know, the, the big acquisition of Jimmy Graham. Well, Jimmy Graham hasn't made a damn bit of difference here thus far. I mean, there's going to, you know, Clay Matthews is almost gone. His tenure in Green Bay's coming to a close here fast. So, the, yeah, I mean, Jair Alexander's a very good cornerback. He's the rookie out of Louisville for the Packers. But, I mean, you have a lot of rookies that I don't know what their ceiling is necessarily and how much they're going to be able to help lift Green Bay. Uh, all they mentioned, though, all those rookies, you know, last week during the, during the Viking game that they have, the secondary particularly was all these rookies. Uh, I don't know how banged up the offensive line was. Uh, that was hurting against the Vikings. I don't know what happened uh, against Arizona. I mean, it just isn't, you know, it's just not a good team. But, as we say, all the close games, that was the, I mean, they should have beat the Vikings the first game. They should have beat the Vikings. Yes. Yep. Uh, they, 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 they should have lost to the Bears week one. Yes. So they should have lost that one. Um, they lost to the Rams. I mean, that, that Rams game, they lost by two. If fucking Montgomery doesn't fumble the kickoff. Give Aaron Rodgers the ball with a couple minutes left. Need a field goal to win. I like his chances against the Rams defense. That's mm-hmm. not great. Um, at Seattle, what they lost by three against Seattle a couple weeks ago. So, yep. I mean, they're four and seven. Again, like with every team, you can look at their schedule and say, well, they should have won these two games. So instead of being four and seven, they should probably be, you know, like, you know, six and five and one, and they'd be right in the mix. So, I mean, this, this, is, this is not a good team. Uh, but I mean they, they've, they've been close I mean they should have won this game against Arizona so there's not a huge difference here between 4 and 7 and 7 and 4 team that you mentioned that they lost to the week before the Minnesota Vikings they lose 24 to 10 to New England uh, I think much to Joe Buck's uh, pleasure um, that, they, they didn't look good Adam Phelan lost his cool multiple times in this one yelling at Bill Belichick, and then, you know, dropping several balls. But Kirk Cousins played awful in this game. Defense uh, had a – the first two drives, they were, they, were, they were terrible. Then they had a good stretch of like four or five straight drives where New England didn't get anything. I'm like, okay, that's good. 
Then Minnesota ties the game up at 10. And the Patriots march down the field four plays. Boom, 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 score. It's like, okay, well, that that sucks. And uh, from there, you know, you lose 24 to 10. Not an unexpected loss, but it would have been nice because the Giants had beaten the Bears earlier. So could have gotten the win, could have been the half game back. And now it sets up essentially a must-win game against the Red Hot Seahawks next week. Um, I mean... They win the final three games, home to Miami, at Detroit, and home to Chicago. 9-6-1 will probably get them in as a sixth seed, but if you can win at Seattle, be 10-5-1, then then things are good. Like You're you're set. You're probably going to be a five seed in the playoffs. That at, at the end of the day, that's what would be good, but this is an inconsistent team. Like, I, like nine wins will get you in. Hopefully. The Panthers are really struggling here. Washington, who knows what we're going to see from them here going forward with, uh, you know, Colt McCoy. I mean, to the nine-win Vikings team, the only way you get in, in over them is to win ten. Eagles have to run the table. Carolina has to run the table. Um, Redskins have to go three and one, four and one. So... Again, yeah, Vikings win three. I think the Vikings win these last three games. Yep, I do. Concerned about that. I mean, Seattle's playing well now. I think that's another game they lose. It'd be six-six and one, but I'm, I'm none concerned about when Washington's not going to do it. A goddamn thing with Colt McCoy. I was, I was stunned he was even in the league. I was stunning to me yeah. that he was still alive. So, um, I mean, Eagles are maybe coming, but Vikings beat them, so they got the tiebreaker there. So, yeah, game wasn't good. Cousins, some bad throws again. He's just um, off by a hair, either underthrowing or overthrowing. I saw a post. See if I can find this. But somebody had a very good, and it was from Pro Football Focus, a very good analysis of what Cousins did. Like we, you know, we we see numbers, and um, we go by those. And then he plays. Then he plays well. And I kind of said that a couple weeks ago. Oh, he played well in uh, in, in in parts. And sometimes he doesn't. I, I don't think he's good enough to win, you know, a Super Bowl or anything like that. And I think they'll have to find another guy here in a couple of years when his contract is up. But the, I guess the running game again, they didn't commit to that. They were Cook looked great. Yep. They got to they got to run the ball more. Yep. Just be, because it's working. I don't I don't believe in running the ball just to do it. I believe in running the ball if it's working. And I believe it was working, and they got rid of it. And there's really no point in this game where he had to get rid of the run. So, um, great interception there to give him new life at the end. Uh, here, here it is. Uh, Cousins, he's had seven games above average, five games below average. Uh, pro football focus grades. Uh, he's still a mid-tier quarterback, like he has been his entire career. He always his stats always look good, but he's inconsistent week to week, and that keeps him maybe out of that being like a top five, top ten guy. I think that's that's a very fair assessment there. So hopefully we'll see what the Vikings can do uh, next Monday night against the Seahawks. Uh, lastly, um, Also, uh, Lamar Jackson's 3-0. Yes. Has it, he's played okay. He's had some interceptions. You don't like to see that. Uh, you know, running the ball, that's what he does. Just that dynamic that that gives him. The stats may not, but that dynamic of 
preparing for that. You know? Mm-hmm. Nope. And we'll hopefully starts this week as well. Um, you know, Wyoming may have a little bit of that with his running. I mean, that's very very impressive. First good thing I've ever said about Wyoming is his <laughs> running. Um, so, that, I mean, when you can get 100 yards, for God's sake, that, that's pretty impressive. And his scrambling ability. But that last throw was just hilarious. I saw, like, at 6.30 last night, I laughed my ass off. I laughed yeah. my ass off. That fucking throw. Yeah. 30 yards needed to throw it. Dude was wide open, nobody within 10 yards of him. He just mucked it. Oh, I, I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. That was that not was good. Great. It was a bad, bad throw. I mean, Buffalo, I mean, you asked last week, how does Buffalo win these games? I mean, their defense appears to be good. Their de- I mean, uh, for once, they're not squinting. That was outstanding. Monte Davis or whatever that was. I mean, their defense seems to be like uh, a legitimately like, top 10 defense. So that, that, that helps. Um, like Vikings are right there again. What they're like, what they show, third and that, fourth and this, fifth, fourth against the run, fifth against the pass, third overall. So their de- their defense is right there. They get these get these dudes healthy. I think they'll be good. Lastly, turn to college basketball here. The U.S. Bank Classic last week. Uh, Jackrabbits beat Northern Iowa, crushed them in front of three thousand people. So more than the than the football game had the the Gophers and. Oklahoma State also played on Friday. Uh, Drake and North Dakota State played on Saturday, and uh, two Division Three Wisconsin schools on Friday. So that's great. Um, I'm just looking here on on Joey bracket. It's I know it's only it's the beginning of December bracketology. Doesn't mean squat stacking. Furman is the 25th ranked team in the country. Did you know that the Furman Paladins are 25th? What is this based on? Uh. I, uh, what what is like how why are they ranked? Twenty fifth and what? No, they're like the the like the coaches poll or the AP poll. Furman. What? Furman. Furman. Yes. What? I thought Nebraska was twenty fourth, twenty fifth. Oh, uh, let's. What, what are we talking about? Furman. Furman men's basketball is ranked. Yes. What? Yes. Telling you that that's that they're well, right. they are. What is that? What is that? In the other poll, they're down quite a bit of ways, like 30 31. Furman, who the fuck did Furman beat that I missed? Villanova. What the fuck is this? <laughs> what? Furman beat Villanova. They haven't played that, dude. They beat Loyola by two. That's a good win. I mean, that, these are solid wins. They're in the Southern Conference. The Furman Paladins. Yep. What? Here's the deal. You know that there's two teams on their schedule that have no logos on the fuck they are. <laughs> North Greenville and South Wesleyan. The fuck is that? They needed two overtimes to beat West Carolina. What so, happened here? So... Bob Jones! Bob Jones University by 50 points! What the fuck is a Bob Jones? So. What? So. The, the point of what I was about to say is that uh, bracketology, uh, there's a new bracketology out in Granite. It's the first, uh, like, first few days of December. Joe Lenardi doesn't even have Furman listed, he has Wofford in. So. I don't know. 
I mean, he's not buying the Furman, obviously, but um, go go Paladins. You know what? Uh, cleanse your palate with Paladins. That's a go go Furman here again. A reminder: Travis and I will be at the uh, Final Four here. That's where the U.S. Bank Classic was, um, and uh, so maybe we'll see Furman. They might just be spectators, but uh, there's that. Uh, what uh, what interests you from the college basketball world last week? Uh, Creighton and Gonzaga. Uh, they played a great game that was going on Friday, or that was going on Saturday during the Big 12 game. That was a, a dandy game. Your Marquette squad had a big win. Yep, Marquette uh, against Kansas State. That was also Saturday afternoon. Uh, Marcus Howard. Kind of the reason why I picked Marquette to, to do well this year was because of him, and he can score a lot of points, and he had 45 points. Uh, Big Ten plays going on for people who want to stab their eyes with rusty needles. That's fun for folks that like that type of punishment. Uh, Stanford took uh, took Kansas to overtime. Yep. Uh, count, count me out on Kansas. No thank you to Kansas. Uh, Nevada had a decent one against USC. Uh, Nevada, they're fun to watch. Uh, Nevada's at Arizona State this weekend. Arizona State's ranked. That should be a, a good game. So there were, there were a few things. Oregon doesn't be very good. Bowl, bowl's all right. But Oregon, they lost to Houston. It was undefeated. Uh, Jackrabbits, they got Memphis this week. I think that's a game they can be competitive. I think they can yeah. win that one. And they can be competitive. Uh, win that game, please. Uh, Mooney and Texas Tech, they're 7-0. and So, um, the latest, I mean, Furman, that's, that's an all-timer. That is an all-timer. Somebody's got to... I didn't even know they were getting votes at any point in this year. Uh, Villanova does not appear to be like a top twenty-five team. Nope. They might. Okay. You know what? If we, they've obviously righted the ship a little bit here now. But I, Crins, we're we're talking about a team here. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. They could be one of those teams that we kind of talked about at the beginning of the year, though. That's a team that was ranked and doesn't make the tournament. Most like, more than likely, it's going to be a West Virginia that doesn't get it. But I mean, Villanova's got some flaws. I think they'll make the tournament. Um, I think Gonzaga is great. Uh, I don't like Kansas. I think Duke's great. I do like Virginia this year for once in my life. Whoa, 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 whoa! I do. Oh my gosh! Like, are we kidding? Crins. Why? Why are you buying into this hype? I gotta see what what happens. I, I need a little. I, I need a few more points. Um, they beat Maryland seventy six seventy one. Maryland's a good team. They beat Wisconsin in an opposite of a game that I talked about last week. Um, I, I just need a little bit. You give me a little bit. A little bit on the points. They, I, I think they weren't they undefeated last. You see, that that's they made like they were. Regular season, they rolled. They rolled, and the tournament came. I got to think there is some motivation for what happened last year. That I just can't imagine. I mean, I'll probably pick them to go quite a ways when it comes down to it, and they got a good chance to be at least a two seed, if not a one seed. But we'll we'll see what happens. And then the way they should, I mean, they should win the rest of their non-conference. They should go, you know, twelve and zero in the non-conference. So. I do like Virginia a little bit. 
Okay. I think Michigan. I, I, I like Michigan. I think they're quite a bit better than anybody else in that conference. Yep. They lost some folks, Wagner and folks, but they're good. And uh, Nevada, you know how I feel about them. I do. I think the top six. I think the top six teams in the country right now, all of the six best teams, and I like all. I like all. Very good. Well, we'll be talking plenty more college basketball here as the season goes on. Anything else before we say so long? It's going to take me some time to get over this tournament. Um, two overtimes to beat Western Carolina. Car- yeah. Hey, th- those Catamounts. I believe the Western Carolina is the Catamounts. Watch out for... Bob Jones. Yeah. <laughs> overtime to beat Gardner-Webb. Overtime to beat Nova. They beat North Greenville, and they only they only beat South Wesleyan by 17. 74-57. If you had to guess, where the fuck is South Wesleyan from? I would say they've got to be, it's, it's either South Carolina or uh, Virginia. That, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, or Virginia, but I'll go South Carolina. South Wesleyan Warriors do the damn FBI search on where these guys South Carolina like what the fuck is this uh, that has got to be in all honesty that's what I think the one of the better uh, reactions I, you were lying to me. I, 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 had to, I had to pull up I saw Nebraska was finally ranked and I'm Furman what the fuck are you talking about Furman how's Furman ranked what? I hope you're sitting down. Uh, I, 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 just take a couple of aspirin. Uh, call me in the morning. Furman. Yep. Like, again, I, I want to know why people think Mike McCarthy is good. He hasn't been good here uh, for, for a while. Same people that voted Furman 25th. They, they have like 100 votes here. 100 points worth of votes. There's probably some guys that have them in the top 20. Here, you know what's, in all honesty, if SDSU were undefeated, they'd be receiving votes. A lot of them. They yeah, could be a ranked team. Like, what is, what is this? Villanova, I'll give you that. All right, that's a hell of a win. Oil of Chicago, fine. Literally, there's six other games. What? Two of them are against teams that are not I don't know what division they are, so that's not a good sign for that. Bob Jones, I have no idea what a Bob Jones is. And they need overtime to beat Gardner Webb in Western Carolina. What's Gardner Webb? Gardner Webb. Big South. Four and five. Four and five Gardner Webb. They needed overtime to beat a four and five team from some back roads county. Western Carolina. Two and seven. Western Carolina is two and seven. This is not a misprint. This, this is not a misprint. This is not a misprint. What is going on? <laughs> Furman basketball. Tell I, you what. Next week, eleven undefeated. Eleven undefeated. I think. Yep, nine of the eleven are ranked. What is this? Tell you what, next week we'll check in again with Furman and see how they're doing. 
fuck. Who do they got here? Elon, South Carolina Upstate, Charleston Southern, Wilmington, at LSU. Just whatever we do every week, let's talk to Furman. Okay, we will. I went to school with uh, someone with the last name of Furman. Uh, he does not spell his name like this, though. I, I know no Furmans or no Paladin. I don't know what a Paladin is. Oh. All right. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you next week. I hope so. <laughs> Thanks, Grins. I'll see you later. <laughs> Travis Grins joining us. Sports Block Podcast. That is easily, easily one of the best reactions we've had through the radio and the podcast. Furman. Furman Paladins. Ranked 25th. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, so between Kareem Hunt and college football playoff, I think they got the college football playoff right, but um, make some picks in the NFL. We'll react to week four, uh, week 13, make some picks for week 14, and wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, which can be found on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block Podcast. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Andy Stacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Have a link posted to the podcast, middle to later part of each week. Final thoughts on Kareem Hunt, college football playoff, and NFL reaction. So to come here on the Sports Block Podcast. All right, so we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look back at Week 13 in the NFL and make some early picks for Week 14. Uh, so let's get right to it here. Thursday night, uh, a bit of a stunner. The Saints, the New Orleans Saints, on a 10-game win streak, scored all of 10 points. Against the Dallas Cowboys, losing 13 to 10. Cowboys played ball control. They were very good defensively. Leighton Vander Esch, their rookie linebacker from Boise State, what a find he is. Uh, the Cowboys won four straight games now for the first time since 2016. Huge win. They sit atop first in the NFC East. And for the Saints, I mean, Drew Brees, 127 passing yards. It was just the what? What happened there? Uh, the Carolina Panthers are on the skid. So as we head into Sunday here, they have now lost four in a row. And I, I, I don't really understand what's going on with them. But Tampa Bay beats them 24-17. to Cam Newton throws four interceptions in this one. Uh, Jameis Winston had another solid day at, at QB for Jay, or for the Bucks, But this, says more, this speaks more about the Panthers. And afterward, uh, head coach Ron Rivera uh, relieved two defensive assistants. So, uh, yeah, yeah. There are issues there in Carolina. Really entertaining game between the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants. The Giants had a big lead. Odell Beckham Jr., they had a defensive touchdown to start the game for a touchdown. A beautiful 50-yard spiral. Uh, He also caught a touchdown. And the the Giants had forced a fumble against the Bears and had a 10-point lead. Only to see the Bears drive down kick a field goal, and then recover an onside kick. Odell Beckham Jr., not his best effort there. Tariq Cohen throws a one-yard touchdown with no time remaining, but the Giants get the ball first in overtime, kick a field goal. The defense holds. Bears, or the Giants hang on for the 30-27 win. The Dolphins got outgained by a lot in this uh, contest against Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, uh, rookie quarterback, uh, Travis's favorite quarterback, uh, ran for over 130 yards in this one, but his pass on fourth down fell short and the Bills lose to the Dolphins 21-17.
a stunner in Jacksonville, not as big a stunner as what happened in Green Bay, but the Jaguars starting Cody Kessler with and without running back Leonard Fournette beat the Indianapolis Colts, who had been averaging roughly like what 35 points a game, something like that during their five-game win streak. They shut them out six to nothing. The Jaguars get the win. Um, really, not much, not much here. The Houston Texans have now won nine in a row following their 29-13 win over the Cleveland Browns. They got the ball started early in this one. They forcing a lot of turnovers. Baker Mayfield did not have his best day. Three interceptions. Uh, they, they forced a fumble near the goal line. They had a pick six. Deshaun Watson was good. Kaim Fairbaim or Kaimi Fairbaim, their kicker, he was phenomenal as well. Uh, the, the Texans put a whooping on the Cleveland Browns in this one. Had to think they had a little more motivation with, uh, with President uh, Bush uh, dying on uh, earlier in the week. Uh, what is that, Friday, I believe. So uh, definitely uh, they, they were playing for him, I think, that in, in part for him. So that's for sure. Uh, George H. W. Bush passing away last week. Uh, so the Texans, a little more, a little extra motivation for them. The stunner of the day happened in Lambeau Field in Green Bay where the Arizona Cardinals on a cold day, a snowy day, go into Lambeau and beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers 20-17 to after the game. Uh, the Mason Crosby missed a field goal at the end that could have tied the game and forced overtime. After the game was over, Mike McCarthy was fired as Packers head coach. Not a surprise. You, you you can't do that. You can't lose to the Arizona Cardinals at home. Uh, and that speaks, I think, in part to Aaron Rodgers and company as well. We definitely didn't put forth a great effort. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, a little sluggish, not great, but they do enough to beat the Detroit Lions 30-16. to Todd Gurley over 130 yards and two touchdowns in this one, including one to seal the deal, put the game away. Speaking of guys who can seal the deal and put games away, how about undrafted rookie free agent running back Philip Lindsay from uh, Colorado? He's with the Denver Broncos. He only ran for 157 yards and two touchdowns. The Denver Broncos shut down uh, Jeff Driscoll and the Cincinnati Bengals 24-10. Of note in this one, A.J. Green hurt his toe again, and he is done for the year now. The Bengals wide receiver uh, will... Have, I think he's going to have surgery to repair some ligaments in his toe. And I think obviously, that's that's necessary. That's needed. Baltimore Ravens at the Atla uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Atlanta Falcons. Ravens win twenty six to sixteen. Their defense was phenomenal in this one. Julio Jones had what eighteen yards receiving. Uh, the, the the Falcons in total had only one hundred thirty one yards of offense. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, they do the job again. And the Ravens have now won, what, four in a row? They, I mean, they were just fantastic. Uh, you get a defensive touchdown in this one. Uh, so the Ravens shut down the Falcons 26-16. Entertaining game in Nashville where the Titans spotted a uh, the New York Jets 16 points, had a 16-0 lead, but Marcus Mariota and the Titans kept creeping back in it. And then at the end, Marcus Mariota saved his best drive for last had a, a good rush in there. There were multiple Jets penalties, and the Titans get a touchdown at the end and win 26 to 22 in a game they had to have in order to keep their AFC wildcard hopes alive. Uh, tumultuous time, uh, tumultuous 48 hours for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
and uh, you know, you have to think that that was weighing on them a little bit. Spencer Ware gets the start um, since they released Kareem Hunt because those because uh, of that video that surfaced from the Cleveland Hotel, and I mean, he didn't play defense, but the Raiders sure, certainly put in an inspired effort together. Uh, the Chiefs' defense was once again bad in this one, but Travis Kelsey, 168 yards on 12 catches, two touchdowns, phenomenal tight end for the Chiefs. They hang on to beat the Raiders, 40-33. to I think the 49ers are folding it in on the season as they lose 43-16 to the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson, four touchdown passes, a season high. He was great in this one. Bobby Wagner, what, a 98-yard interception return for a touchdown. He was good, and the Seahawks beat the 49ers with ease. New, York, New England Patriots beat the Minnesota Vikings 24-10. Vikings offense once again sputters. Uh, just just not, not good. Not not good for the Vikings here. They, they, they have not been a consistent team all year, and it certainly is showing. Uh, Tom Brady finally got to over 1,000 yards rushing for his career with a five-yard rush in the first quarter. And what you know, Fox had something ready for him, a kind of a mockumentary, so to speak. Uh, Barry Sanders was a very good job by them. But uh, the Patriots get the 24-10 win. Uh, stunning, uh, a very interesting result in Pittsburgh where the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, trailing 23-7 at the half, come roaring back to tie the, the game with the Steelers. And they would ultimately win it. At the end with a field goal by Michael uh, Badgley after the Steelers jumped off sides three consecutive plays. Rather ridiculous fashion. And once again, another false start uh, touchdown for the Chargers. Uh, the refs didn't catch it. It's bad. You, you, you have to be able to do that, but they got a punt return for a touchdown. And uh, they, they beat the Steelers. So, I mean, that's a very stunning win uh, for the Chargers just given the way they come back. This Chargers team is very very good. Finally, Monday night, the Eagles beat Washington 28-13. Zach Ertz, nine more catches. He's creeping closer to the uh, the uh, career high for catches by a tight end in a season set by Jason Witten of the Cowboys with 110. They win 28-13. Again, another false start uh, on the Eagles' first touchdown that the refs didn't catch. This is a, a epidemic. We need to do something about this. But of major note in this one, Colt McCoy leaves the game in the first half. Fractured fibula. His season is done. Fibula, right? Yeah. Fibular tibia. Uh, pretty sure it's fibula. But um, fractured leg regardless. His season's done. The, and now Washington turns to the butt fumbler himself, Mark Sanchez. So uh, Washington season is as good as over. So let's make some picks. Now early picks for week 14. It starts Thursday night. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. The Titan, uh, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox and the NFL Network. This game had a lot more intrigue uh, when this when this uh, season came out because we thought the Jaguars were going to be good. Titans, this is about what I expected of them. An, an average, like a roughly like 8-8 eight eight team. But Titans have the Jaguars number. So I'm going to take the Titans in this one. To get the win over Jacksonville. Then on Sunday, New York Giants at Washington. 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Giants have been playing better as of late. Washington starting Mark Sanchez. I don't care that Landon Collins isn't playing. Give me the Giants in this one. New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Feel bad for the Bucs in this one. You're going to get the, the Saints' best effort. They are ticked after losing 13-10 uh, last week and only scoring 10 points against the Cowboys. They're going to put up a bunch of points in this one. Saints roll. 
New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. The Patriots have issues in Miami in December. I don't know what it is. It, it just it's what they do. I am very tempted to take the Dolphins in this one just because of history, but you know the 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 smart thing to do is to take the Patriots. So I will narrowly, but when the Dolphins win, don't say I didn't warn you that it wouldn't happen. Baltimore Ravens at the Kansas City Chiefs, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Look for the Ravens to play a lot of ball control in this one, run the football a lot, If Lamar, assuming Lamar Jackson plays. Kansas City's defense is not very good. Ravens' defense is good. I would be leery of the upset here, but the Chiefs at home, I'll take them in Arrowhead. Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Listen, the, the Colts, I, I don't get what happened last week. Yeah, they'll at least find the end zone this week, but you're not taking down the red-hot Texans. Texans win this one. Atlanta Falcons at the Green Bay Packers, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Joe Philbin is now the uh, interim head coach for the Green Bay Packers. The Falcons, what the hell's going on with them? I expect Aaron Rodgers to play well in this one. I'll take the Packers over Atlanta. Carolina Panthers at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Why would you have any faith in the Panthers right now with what they've shown over the last month? I sure don't. I'm going to take Cleveland in this one. Cleveland played much better aside from last week. Baker Mayfield responds in a big way. Give me the Browns. New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Bills throttled them in New York a few weeks back. They're going to beat them again here in Buffalo. I like the Bills in this one to somehow win their fifth game of the year. Denver Broncos at the San Francisco 49ers, one, uh, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The, the, the 49ers are just rattled, riddled with injuries. The Broncos playing well right now. Three straight wins. They have something to play for. Give me the Broncos in this one. Cincinnati Bengals at the Los Angeles Chargers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Ah, uh, nah. Not, not doing it. I mean, the Bengals will be lucky to score 10 points in this one. Chargers all day. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Oakland Raiders, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. No James Conner in this one. The, the Steelers running back, he is out with an ankle injury. So that is something to keep your eye on. But you got to take the Steelers to bounce back after that loss to the, to the Chargers the week before. Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Eagles playing better right now, uh, better football as of late. They're probably the more desperate team. But how can you pick against Dallas? Four straight wins. I'll take the boys in this one. Detroit Lions at the Arizona Cardinals, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Toss-up game. I want to go with the Cardinals. I think the Lions defense will be fairly good. Don't know if Carrion Johnson's playing. You know what? We'll ride with the Cardinals. We'll try the Cardinals one time here. And then uh, Los Angeles Rams at the Chicago Bears, uh, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Uh, I'm really hoping the Rams play outstanding. I think they will. Uh, that Bears defense is going to be ready on primetime uh, Sunday Night Football at home like they were against the Vikings a few weeks back. But I'll take the Rams to win. And then Monday Night Football, Minnesota Vikings at the Seattle Seahawks. A wild card matchup. Uh, two teams right now in the lead for the wild card spots in the NFC. 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Uh, the Seahawks are playing really well right now. The Vikings stink on the road. Vikings, prove me wrong. 
but I'm going with the Seahawks. And that is a look at your Week 14 picks. Official picks and predictions. Previews found in the stack. The Football Friday posting of the stack. That's stackattack.sportsblog.com. Thursday game, of course, we'll have in the Thursday uh, edition. Um, and Monday, of course, in Monday. But uh, all of Sunday's games in the, the stack. The Football Friday posting so uh thank you for listening uh, again i'm just so happy that uh the, with the reaction that travis gave regarding Furman being in the top 25 absolutely outstanding of course the big news though uh kareem hunt released by the chiefs domestic violence um you could see him uh push woman kicker uh not good he's being investigated for another incident or maybe two even so uh, yeah, just not good. So the Chiefs are definitely weaker now as a result of this. But uh, yeah, it's just a uh, rather stunning to see what has happened uh, there. And then of course the college football playoff. I'm happy with the committee's decision. I'm glad they put in Oklahoma over Georgia. And I just think if you're looking at the full body of work, those two losses compared to the one. I just have, just you have to go with Oklahoma there. I feel like I don't care that Georgia would give Alabama the better game. It's about it's not about who gives them the better game. It's about finding the the four best teams this year. And Georgia lost twice. Can't do that. I get the SEC is good, but Oklahoma lost on the last second field goal. So caliber of opponent matters as well. But, uh, yeah, just uh, Oklahoma in the college football playoff. They are the four. They're taking on Alabama, the one. Clemson, two. Notre Dame, three. So we'll have a full talk about uh, the bowl games next week. We'll try and get Charlie Hildebrand on with some thoughts on the early bowl games and get him more involved here as uh, the college football season winds down. Army-Navy this weekend on CBS, so enjoy that. Um, we'll talk next week about Urban Meyer. Uh Stepping down after the Rose Bowl here. That news broke after I spoke with Travis. So uh, we'll definitely get some thoughts on that. And uh, plenty else. I'm sure there will be plenty of other news stories uh, to talk about next week. So, um, yeah. So with that being said, you can always find this podcast available online. Just search the sport on iTunes. Just search the sports block. Follow me on Twitter at NDStacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. We did have an SDSU podcast last week. We won't have one this week. Should have one next week, though. Hopefully we can get Matt Zimmer again from the Argus Leader to to either preview the semifinals or look back at the season. Uh, the Jackrabbits play Kennesaw State. Uh, let's get the game time on that here. I mean, they should beat Kennesaw State. Kennesaw is a great... Kennesaw State is a, is a mystery, but... I mean, I think that uh, the Jackrabbits will more are more than capable of handling them. Uh, what do you got here? 1 p.m. Cent- uh, Central Time? Yes, 1 p.m. is kickoff there at Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State 11-1, Jackrabbits 9-2. That's on ESPN3, so we'll see what happens there. The Bison hosts Colgate. have to imagine that the Bison will just steamroll Colgate. So it'll set up a potential battle for the uh, battle of the Dakotas for the right to go to Frisco next week. So we'll talk to Matt Zimmer there. So for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. 
And we hope you tune in again next week. Uh, Nathan Stack and saying thank you as always for listening. And tune in again next week, please, for another exciting edition filled with uh, fun, uh, just entertainment, entertainment galore, thoughts, thought-provoking, everything. You know what? To hell with that. Just uh, listen. It'll be another good podcast. So please uh, tune in again next week. Nathan Sacken saying thank you for listening. So for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a good week. We'll talk to you next week on the next edition of the Sports Block Podcast.